I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet test spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey! Hey, hey girl! <laughs> girl! Girl, what's up? Hey, girl, this is episode 231 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 230 episodes, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, Googles, Apples, Stitchers, Fruit Salads. Z- Zumbas. Zumbas. <laughs> Numa Remember Zumbas? Zumba? Zoomies. Do you remember when I used to do Zumba? Yes, and you hurt yourself terribly. Yeah, <laughs> you never, every time. And you never went back. No, wait, you didn't hurt no. yourself at Zumba. You hurt yourself doing well, something else, and you couldn't go back yeah, to Zumba because you hurt and yourself. I, and I couldn't go back. And then also, Zumba was like, okay, so you know how they're like, if you do this thing, you'll get better. You'll feel better over time. That did not happen. That Every day, time I did Zumba, I thought I was going to have a stroke. <laughs> that day never came. Friends, we used to talk about Zumba a whole lot way back in, I don't know, episode 40. Like I said. <laughs> Wherever you get your audio content, just swing on by, dig up our old episodes, and while you're there, you hit follow or subscribe, and henceforth, new episodes of this program will be brought to your device every week. You don't have to do anything, because they're going to be blessed upon you from atop a rainbow-maned alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey Brasilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. All he wants to do is deliver these piping hot takes directly to your ear hole. He wants nothing else in return. I mean, a high five would would help. <laughs> Maybe leave out some cookies for him. A fruit salad. Hard boiled eggs. Hard boiled eggs. He's old, okay. We all about listen. I can go in on some hard boiled eggs. <laughs> grimpy, grimpy, loving some hard boiled eggs in his old age. Starbucks protein <laughs> box. Woo! Oh man, I wish those weren't as expensive because they they are good. Oh man, no, like. When, when we have one at Major Canadian Retailer and they would close for the night, technically they're still good, but like the date has passed. It's still the date, but they have closed for the day. They can't have yeah. that out the next day. You work overnights. Starbucks be like, we can't sell this anymore. Y'all want it? And I'll be like, what's up, dinner? We're having some hard-boiled eggs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. see, Chauncey, Chauncey knows that hard-boiled love. <laughs> hard-boiled love. <laughs> From your man's friends, what are your thoughts about hard-boiled eggs? It better be pro. Yes, or like at least if you're like, you know, for me, I can't have one straight. It has to have some salt and pepper on it. Well, yes, we're not animals. Well, I know, but some people can just, you know, wolf them back. I find that very strange no. and bland. Listen, it's probably white people. <laughs> can't can't even have some paprika in your deviled eggs. My God, someone come and get the whites. <laughs> I, I feel like if someone just listened to this podcast now, they'd be like, are, are they not white people? <laughs> yes, but we season our food. God damn it. Caitlin just started like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. <laughs> Remember when Caitlin discovered spices? That's in an old episode, too. Friends, listen, everything you need in our lives is covered in the last 231 episodes of this podcast. Just hit follow or subscribe. Also, while you're there, maybe give us a rate and review. We haven't talked about that in a while. Maybe tap oh a little five God, stars, yeah. a little thumbs up. Woo. That's always helpful. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. You know, rate, review, and subscribe, all that business. That would be that. most. <laughs> Kate remembers that. I haven't talked about that in a long ass time, but. Friends, if you want to let us know how you feel about uh, deviled eggs or getting older or any of that business, uh, you can find us. Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. That's mostly where we hang out. Occasionally, when Caitlin remembers, we hang out on Facebook. I was totally about to say, I totally forgot to do the Facebook post this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it after we do this podcast. I feel like she was looking at me. So, yeah, because nothing, nothing is is better for you know web traffic and metrics than a Sunday evening. <laughs> Fine. Nothing. I'll do it. I'll do it on Monday morning, then. Nothing really fuels engagement like a Sunday evening. (laughs) While the Super Bowl is going on. (laughs) Just crushing it. Can you believe we haven't gotten picked up by a a syndicator yet? I cannot believe it. Friends, because we haven't been picked up by a syndicator yet, I mean, we would take any donations to this podcast. Not via Patreon. Friends, listeners. After many years of just month to month suspending the Patreon for a month and postponing it and not charging folks, um, I missed missed it again, and everybody got charged, and I had to give out refunds again. Everyone should have their refunds, but in light of that, the idea was always that we would suspend the Patreon for as long as Caitlin and I could not provide you know, bonuses. Generally bonuses were just you know quick things we do on the fly, little extra episodes, things like that. Maybe we went somewhere. We took some photos while we were there. All these things happened before the world exploded. And I think maybe when we suspended billing for the Patreon, it was with the idea that it would only be a few months and then it would come back. Not a year. Ha! (laughs) As such, the Patreon is now, may come back one day, but for now is permanently shuttered. I sent everyone who still uh, parted with their cash for this program a message thanking them. I will thank you all again for anyone still listening to this show who was, who was forking over your money every month. Um, and even when I missed, you know, hitting the suspend button and you got charged anyway, you'd see the refund email. You'd hit me up on Facebook or DM being like, why are you refunding me? That's my money. Take my money. I'll be like, no, keep your money. We are honorable people. It does not feel right to take your money for something that we would have promised that we had promised in the past and could not deliver. So, not going to say it will never come back if we are ever in a position again where we feel that we can provide bonuses. We'll let y'all know well in advance, and y'all can decide if you would like to keep contributing at the level you are contributing at, or if you would like to adjust it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for now, it is donezo. Um, and again, we cannot thank you enough. We have drops and mics and a chair that Caitlin has not sat on in over a year. Hosting, all of those things were supported by your generosity over the years, and legitimately, we cannot thank you enough for that. We love you guys so much. If you would still like to support this endeavor financially, we discourage it, but the Ko-Fi remains, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. If you want to chuck us three bucks, we will gladly take it. And grab a tea or something. And grab a tea from the comfort of our own homes, or maybe we'll just hoard it and, I don't know, go get some ramen when the world fucking opens up again or you know a starbucks protein box <laughs> just gonna, a 
That'll be the first first renewed Patreon bonus. <laughs> Jordan Katie eat devil eat, eat hardballed eggs. <laughs> I do want to shout, if you want to know what you missed in the Patreon, this is somewhat relevant because he was in the news for um, putting a pink diamond into his forehead. <laughs> if you had never been a Patreon, you would not have gotten to hear Caitlin reading little Uzi Vert lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Just that was a good time. Straight. I don't even know why. Why the hell did we even do that? Did you not know who little Uzi Vert was? Um, I don't, I honestly can't remember. Maybe it was because we talk about how I am actually an 80-year-old person. If you've never heard Caitlin McKinnon go skirt, you've been missing out. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Legitimately all I'm saying. For y'all, Kate's under it again, and there's not a whole lot of news out there in the world, so this is just going to be, I believe, another installment of Jordan Tells Kate About Stuff. Okay, but I do have one bit of news. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, oh, I get to go, okay, all right. Um, so... For listeners, longtime listeners of the podcast, know that I think it was the first Watcharama in August, August Watcharama, uh, George and Kate uh, watched Winona Earp. Yeah. And finally, after season four, it's uh, it's ending. Ending like they're bringing it to a conclusion? Yeah. Not it got canceled for being terrible? <laughs> Uh, no, it says, it, technically, it says it, they are ending it after a fourth season. I, a wow drop will not suffice. Wow. No, for those who who uh, need to know, obviously, Jordan and I did not think Winona Earp deserved to be on not, television. Not, not big fans of Winona Earp. Didn't mind the property. Didn't just, something, something wasn't connecting with your boy and your girl on, on the old Winona Earps. It was it was like watching a CW show. Like CW shows are not for us. It wasn't even that. It was like it was like, and I mean you'll bristle at the comparison, I'm sure. But it's like it was like a worse version of Xena. It was like Saturday afternoon syndicated, like shit like that. But no, not no, as no. Good. I know how bad Xena was. Like <laughs> no bristling. Like I fully understand how bad Xena was. Well, so long, Winona Herb. Yeah, I just, I, I was like, every time I would see something about Winona Earp, I'd go, is that show still on television? <laughs> is that still a thing? Is that still happening? <laughs> I was very surprised. Why is that still uh, happening? Yeah. Well, so long Winona Earp. The only other newsy thing I saw out in the world was the news that uh, Ryan Coogler uh, signed a deal with the Ploos oh. for a uh, Wakanda-based series. Oh, Building out, building out the world there. Uh, this comes from the Hollywood Reporter. It's part of a new exclusive five-year overall deal between Disney and Coogler's Proximity Media. The writer-director is developing a Wakanda-based Disney Plus series, which also ha- and will also have a hand in other shows sit- set in the MCU. Um, yeah, it's kind of a first-look deal for a bunch of stuff he would do, but primarily, yeah. The, the bullet point is Coogler's going to do a, a Wakanda show for Disney Plus. Um, cool. Very cool. It's interesting. I was listening to I Don't Know What the other day, uh, and basically the discussion was on Black Panther. It might have been on the Wanette podcast. Shouts to Cypher Sounds and Peter Rosenberg, who brought back Juan Epstein again. They've tried it a few times. This is much more a return to the uh, freewheeling, two funny dudes just talking about whatever, uh, hip-hop-based podcast, Juan Epstein. This version, they are calling it Juan Ep is Dead. And a nod to the uh, classic De La Soul album. 
De La Soul is dead. Um, and they were basically talking about, um, they were talking about, it was black, you know, black history month has started and how both of their like shortcomings and what they have seen of quote unquote black movies or black cinema and mentioning that they had both seen, you know, Saifa especially was like not into like, he's not a real movie guy, but like he'd seen black Panther and the, the idea that like black Panther was an important movie. And it was important for it to be successful. And one of the things they brought up that I had never really occurred to me before was like Black Panther wasn't just successful because it was a black movie that made a shit ton of money. It made a shit ton of money globally. Yeah. Because the big concern is always, you know, you make your box office in America. Sure. Then you look into China. And China is like one of the most, if not the second most important box office market in the world. Right. And I know I've heard secondhand you know, anecdotally on other podcasts and stuff that, you know, like the Chinese don't like star Wars enough. <laughs> Are we going to get the Chinese kids to buy stormtrooper backpacks and shit like that? Like, like mm-hmm. legitimate concern when your movies cost, like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to make, you're trying to make, you got to make that back. Um, and that just, that that was the major, the major victory of black Panther was that it, the global bank of black Panther was so, was so high. So I just found that interesting, and I mean, the, the Pluses, we know the Pluses gearing up. The Pluses loose, not my joke, but... Oh, I like that. <laughs> not, my, not my joke. I think that came from Chris and Andy, but, you know, they we talked about before at the start of the year how just, like, they are 360-degree dunking on everybody right now. Like, this mm-hmm. is like, it's like, y'all had your fun. Just to let you know, we run this. So here's everything. And this is just another element of everything. Um, two items that are not really news. They are more interesting observations. Kate. Yeah. It is February 7th as we are recording this. Yes. That is the birthday of one late James DeWitt Yancey, also known as JD, also known as Jay Della. And it also marks the 15th anniversary of the release of his final album that was released during his lifetime, a instrumental masterpiece called donuts just really wanted to take a moment to commemorate that friends i don't we've talked vaguely over the years on this show about jordan wrote a book i don't know that we've ever really talked about the book i think we have we must have there's I, no way we have it i it's feel like so we must have to the both of us but it's always just kind of like jordan wrote a book and caitlin was kind of there for it we know i don't know that we've really talked about it in detail but friends there is <laughs> Don't don't fact check me. I just assume that like I'm just going by. I think we've only ever really talked about it vaguely. Maybe once or twice we have mentioned in like a yeah it was a blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> it was a what blah blah blah. blah, blah. I did this thing once. Blah, blah, blah. Um, friends, there is a series of books called Thirty Three and a Third, which is the named after the rotations of a twelve inch record, and they're always short books about a single album. And I think I did the math today. Seven years ago, I while my life was falling apart and needed to put my energies into something, put forth a proposal to try and write one of these. And the album I picked to write about was Jay Della's Donuts uh, for a bunch of reasons. I'm not going to tell you why. Go buy the book <laughs> at your little favorite local retailer. Support me that way. And just really thinking about how, like, 15 years is insane. And not just to think that it's been 15 years, but how nobody's still really caught up to him. Like Dilla no. was this 
you listen to it now and you realize that there are things like garage band and Ableton and fruity loops, whatever pro tools, like all this software that he did not have when he was making his stuff and the chops and loops that he did. It's funny. I, Jay Dilla did a project with this producer, Mad Lib, who's this, you know, instrumental producer God. He's done albums with Freddie Gibbs and MF Doom and just a shit ton of stuff. Um, Mad Lib, I'm fascinated by the relationship between Mad Lib and Jay Dilla because they met kind of at the kind of the peak of Dilla's careers while Mad Lib was still kind of on the come up a bit. But like people who knew knew that Mad Lib was holy shit, that guy is really something extra. Mm-hmm. And I was always fascinated by the relationship because, and I mentioned this in the book, that, like, I feel like they were, you know, they were both geniuses who could understand each other at that level. You know, as much as the people around them could, like, support them. At a certain point, if you're that good at what you do, it's a language that only you can speak. And to find someone else who can speak that language the same way you do is, like, that's going to change your life. Like, if you find somebody who understands it the way you do. So I was always really fascinated by their relationship. And Madlib put out a solo work his first proper solo work i think and god like four or five years maybe he's crazy prolific he's always putting out shit he's impossible to keep up with frankly i don't know how i would ever how how would you ever write a book about madlib he puts out too much stuff like it's impossible you'd have well you'd have to focus on yeah one thing and that would be very difficult um and buried in the last bit of this album was something called two for two for dilla like, my ears are always going to perk up if I see him mention Dilla. And I put that track on, and it started just kind of, it kind of goes in two movements. And one is very kind of like what you would expect. And But then, like, at the minute 30 mark, it's like a new sample, and this, like, phaser surround sound effect kicks in. And then the drums have more bounce, and... The vocals come in and they're chopped and stuttery and they zig where you expect them to zag. And Kate, the first time I heard it, yeah, I just like this smile just stretched across my face and I like literally started clapping in public because it felt like donuts for the first time in like, I don't know when. Like there have been numerous people who have put together tributes to Dilla or when things inspired by him. And I mean, they're good. I'm not going to say that a lot of these guys haven't done, you know, respectable tributes, but for Madlib to throw out something like that, I was just like, yeah, that's. So that's this is what I get from what you're saying. A, you become the crazy old guy who claps in public. Yes. Uh, two, um, it's excellent and everyone who's interested should definitely listen to Donuts and then listen to this Madlib song. Yes. Three, um, I agree that no one – so obviously the only reason I know about Jay Dilla <laughs> is because I was there when you wrote that book and we did cool things and researched some stuff together and had some really cool moments and figured out that we could stand each other for long periods of time, <laughs> which we couldn't with other people, which I think was really when our friendship clicked. It's really the precursor to this podcast. And we realized that yeah. we could just yap for hours and not get tired of each other. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I have heard a couple things. And, of course, I, I don't know... 
music like you know music. I'm fine saying that. I know what I like, and it's really varied. Um, and I know, you know, something that's got like a good bounce to it. Um, but occasionally I'll hear something and go, Dilla did it better. <laughs> I'll hear like something that someone has tried, and I'm like, no, no, no. You don't even know. And it's insane to think, I mean, we can all pause it, like, if you were around today, who knows what him and what directions him and Madlib would have pushed each other in, like, what he would be doing right now. He'd be making fucking dubstep for all we know. Like, he was just, he was a dude who, when he felt like he had mastered something, he dropped it and moved on to something else. So, who, he could be doing trap music. He could think trap music was the greatest thing he ever heard. Like, I don't know. Like, as much as I... (laughs) He could, he could, he'd be leaving all of us behind. Um, and I also know I never, you know, he passed long before I started writing the book, so I never got a chance to, to meet him, obviously. But, you know, I feel I know enough about his personality through interviews and people talking about him to know that, like, any sort of, like, nostalgia or look back type of shit, he would really not have a whole lot of time for. So I'm going to cut it there, but it's... Like, I put it on, I, I realized today, you know, I'm, I'm going through this process of, like, trying out records on the new speakers. I was like, shit, I haven't put donuts on the on the new speakers yet. And just, like, one side of the album has um, a few of my favorite songs back-to-back. There's a stretch that I'm, probably my favorite stretch of the album. And, sorry, friends, if you don't know, donuts is, like, short instrumentals that go like 90 seconds per um which is another reason why i find it so interesting as an album and so you can put on one side of a record and it can have like seven songs on it because they're all like 45 seconds long um and just hearing that music again through like a little better of a system was just yeah it's still like since the day i heard it the first time not even the first time. It didn't really connect with me the first time. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for it <laughs> the first time I um, heard it. And and it take it. There are it, every time you listen to it, you you hear something different. Yeah. Um. Also, very important to mention, the name of this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> comes from the song "Geek Down." Yes. Yeah, so from Donuts. There's a song on Donuts called "Geek Down." Right. Probably, if there was ever any doubt of what. <laughs> what we represent and honestly it's funny you said you know every time you listen to it you hear something new because that's how i felt about hearing that mad lib song for the first time there's so much going on in it and like weird little extra samples buried in the mix i was like there's a lot going on there like that feeling of like what are you saying with these samples like that's i felt that from that mad lib song and the same way i felt it when i really started digging into donuts for the book so rest in peace to the god jay dilla thank you for everything you gave us you remain unfuckwittable and most of the smart people still know it moving from one side of the continuum to possibly the furthest point from it caitlin yeah it's finally happened what's happened i have a reason to talk about mackie ito hello motherfuckers aren't we so lucky friends if you follow us on twitter you may have noticed over the years or over the last year, maybe. In your feed, maybe sometimes there will be a weird blip <laughs> of me <laughs> retweeting or having liked something on the show page of a Japanese girl done up like a schoolgirl or something similar with an all caps profanity laden <laughs> caption 
with something like Good Morning Fuckers or I Am the God of Love and Piss or <laughs> something like that. I'm Queen like of that. the Simps. Queen of the Simps. Oh, you've been, <laughs> you paid her a visit lately. Uh, Mackie Ito is formerly an idol singer. She started in entertainment, if you can call it that, but like real indie entertainment. That's an idol singer in the group Link, L-I-N-Q. Fun fact, I didn't even realize until I learned more about her. Link came to Toronto once for one of those Japanese uh, culture festivals at Young and Dundas. I've seen Link. <laughs> oh! Mackie was not there. They only flew like three of them over. Because um, this is one of those groups that had like 900 people in it. Um, Mackie first volunteered to be part as Link in some like... I think it was D, some promo, some indie promotion in Japan. I think it was called DDT Pro Wrestling as part of a lumberjack, idle lumberjack match. Lumberjacks are just what they call it when they have a bunch of people around the ring. And like if somebody falls <laughs> out of the ring, you just beat them or like bash them with something. I think they have little plastic. Does mic. somebody say timber? That is what is important. I don't know why they're called lumberjacks. It's insane. But um, And Mackie kind of got the bug for wrestling, watching that. And also feeling that, like, her career as an idol was not really going to pan out. And it did not. Ultimately, she got fired from Link. Apparently, by nobody told her, she found out when she looked at the schedule and saw, like, she was not listed on anything anymore. And this is after she had almost got cut. And the only reason they were, the only way they would let her stay as part of the group was if she sold, like, a thousand tickets to some venue. And you can find clips of her, like... Her gimmick was already starting at this point, just, like, outside yelling and screaming, like, giving headbutts to, like, the, the sheets of tickets she's trying to sell, being like, why are you 5,000 yen? Like, <laughs> I have so many of these to sell, and, like, headbutting them. Anyway, long story short, she's not, like, super, she's not a super technical wrestler, she's not, you know, she's not putting on five-star Matt Classics, but charisma-wise... She comes out, she sings her own theme song, she's constantly asking, she calls herself the cutest pro wrestler, she's constantly asking, she has a bit where she will go up, and like that thing where like your opponent's in the corner and you climb the turnbuckle, like you're going to punch him in the head, but she asks the crowd first, like, who's the cutest wrestler? And if they say Ido-san, she gets excited and starts punching her, her opponent. Like, <laughs> uh... Charisma is ridiculous, like, her captions on Twitter are always like, she's learning English, she can speak English, somebody, somebody said I just straight... I just looked something up, and she said to, the word she learned today was sodomy. Yeah. <laughs> her basic pose is, like, hair and pigtails and a little schoolgirl outfit, like, giving the finger. Like, that's her that's her gimmick. She, she was doing something. I saw some clips. She was in the ring with this woman, Thunder Rosa, who was, like, established. She was the NWA Women's Champion recently, like... And they were going to have a match, I guess. And Thunder Rosa's talking to her in English. And Mackie just starts screaming so loud, you can hear her on camera. What are you saying? I'm Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... All of this is to say, AEW is having a tournament to establish the number one contender for uh, Hikaru Shida, their champion, her AEW women's title. And they're going to have a bracket of 16 American wrestlers and a bracket of 16 Japanese wrestlers. And Mackie made the fucking cut. (laughs) And Mackie's going to be on AEW and Cody Rhodes, the guy who like founded AEW, the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes retweeted like the AEW announcement with like her, like, you know, promo shot in it. Mm -hmm. 
and was just like, I want her to, I want her to win. (laughs) (laughs) She's still, she's so fucking delightful. She had a thing where she was like saying on Twitter that like, part of her gimmick is twofold. One, it's failure. Her whole gimmick is like failure. Like, I don't expect her to win really any matches. I just expect her to like win the hearts and minds of everyone who sees her because she's super sympathetic. She fails all the time. She loses all the time, but losses don't really matter to her. Um, and for like her character. And she also had a bit where she was like on Twitter saying that she had surgery to try and like make her forehead smaller, What? which I don't even know if it happened or not, but now she works this gimmick where like her head is indestructible. (laughs) (laughs) She has this move like the, it's like the people's elbow. Like, you know, where it's like you run from one end of the ring and hop over your opponents on the ground and you run from one side and hop over them. And then the other side and hop over them. And then, you know, the rock would hit an elbow or like Biggie Langston will do a splash. She does it. And as she approaches her opponent, she just looks like she's been clocked in the head and she goes like, and like falls on her side and headbutts them. (laughs) It's so, she's so fucking delightful and I'm so excited for her. And like, she's straight up when this got announced, she's like, I didn't get into the high school I wanted to get into. I didn't, I failed as an idol. I got fired as an idol, this and that and whatever, you know, I lost you know, whatever tag matches I had lately, all I wanted to do was get in, be on AEW and I am. And it was like, you know what, girl, good for you. Like that's the whole thing about idol fandom. It's the whole reason why I even got into perfume. It's just like, you know, you love to see them succeed. And the fact that she got recognized at this level and is going to have that shot and the West is going to get some eyeballs on her. That's very, that's very exciting. So it's amazing. When she crushes everything, y'all. <laughs> Remember, you heard it on the Geek Town first. Mackie Ito for president. Proud, proud members. President the, of everything. Proud members of the eco of the Ito Respect Army over here uh, <laughs> at the Geek Town podcast. I believe that's all the news I had, Kate. You want to hit me with some updates? What have you been getting into? Oh man, it's been so busy. Um, when you're sick, <laughs> TV becomes like a safe harbor. Because you can't, you know, if you have a headache, pain, it's really hard to focus on reading, especially the the watching of things you've watched before, of the watching of things that aren't, you know, you don't have to get invested mm-hmm. in. Yes. So, um, I had mentioned the mystery show Rosemary and Time before, yes. where they are gardeners, but they also <laughs> solve crimes. So good. Uh, continued watching that. Only three seasons of that. Of course, I am already on the third season. Guys, I am serious. I am running out of mystery shows with old people. To, you got to get at your girl with some elderly mystery solving. She is running Seriously. out. Um, then I was like, you know what I really like? I really like shows about archaeology. And I came across <clears throat> a show on Amazon uh, called Digging for Britain as quite a few um, seasons under its belt. Seasons obviously are not very long because it's a British show, but it's all about archaeology across Britain. um, And it is unbelievably fascinating. And if you have any interest in uh, history or archaeology, absolutely take a look. Um, They do a really good job of not just digging things up and being like, this is what it means. They tell you why this is what it means. So, you know, when people like have like literally a shard of pottery 
And they're like, we know this because of this. And and you're like, how though? Um, they do a good job of saying, well, this is how we know that the picks um, from, you know, the year 100 were getting wine from the Mediterranean, like that kind of stuff. It's really, really fascinating. I mean, you know, for big giant dorks like me. <laughs> But if you're a big giant dork like me, you'll love it. Um, I also did a bunch of rewatches of Marvel stuff, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Both still are fantastic films. Um, uh, Senior Correspondent and I watched Captain America Winter Soldier. It's okay, but watching it in the sort of new phase of Marvel you're like, like the stakes are so small. <laughs> you're like small stakes. Nobody cares. Uh, but still quite good. Um, I watched one episode of the show Spycraft on, on uh, Netflix. Um, it was okay. It's all about Spycraft. Um, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it seemed to be a little all over the place, but they did show some interesting um, historical things. And interesting gadgets and stuff, which I liked. Uh, and, of course, I did my yearly rewatch of Groundhog Day. Um, but, of course. But, of course. Finally, we need to talk about WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But not in the way that you're thinking. <laughs> not in the way where you're like, oh, Caitlin's going to talk about Kate, what she liked. Kate. About WandaVision. What? Everything is changed now. Get hyphy. <laughs> so this is what we need to talk about. We need to talk about how y'all need to calm the fuck down. Okay. So just in the briefest, in the briefest. Uh, there will be spoilers, everyone. There will be spoilers. Just telling, we're going to about to talk about it. You trust, actually, though, like if you are interested in the show, do not keep listening. And you haven't? Fast yes. Forward. Skip, skip until you find, just keep hitting that 15 plus until you, uh, until you get. Do you start hearing me talk about Gravity Falls? The bullet point is uh, good ep, I assume. I assume we both like yep. the ep. Uh, yep. Great ep. Yep. Great ep, frankly. Um, which had a couple crumbs left in there. There was a mention of an aerospace engineer. Which, well, okay. The reason I'm about to tell you what I know is because I, my theory, and and Chris was like, that's brilliant. I was like, oh, maybe she's talking about Reed Richards. Yeah, I figured that's what that was. Yeah. But the reason I was curious is I was like, who am I not remembering as being an aerospace engineer? Like, there must be somebody else. And and someone in – again, I will get to this – in something I watched was like in Spanish – again, like, why the fuck do they know this? But anyways, in the Spanish subtitles, mm. it gives it a female um, – Pronoun? Or pronoun like or whatever, yeah. Article, right? Like it's yes, the f yeah. Um, version of the word is a female version of the word. Yes. Because I was curious about like who else am I not remembering, and it got into this big thing, and this is why I will get into what I get into in a second. But anyways, continue. So there was that breadcrumb. Basically, things started. Is one of the creepiest, possibly the creepiest episode that has happened on the show thus far. Is it because of the baby vision at the beginning? The baby vision was kind of dope. So much so I didn't even notice that it was happening at first. Until I, was, <laughs> I 
was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Bishop wasn't a baby. Friends, this is the 1980s growing pains, like, type of uh, episode. So they're now in the 80s. No, I'm talking about how when, like, you know, Agatha or Agnes or whatever the hell her name is, is like, do you want me to take it again? Yeah. And, like, as you are coming to realize that this is, like, you know, think happy thoughts or you get turned into a jack-in-the-box Twilight Zone uh, type of shit. Um, and even to the point that, like, some people are just, like, totally under her control. Like, when Vision zaps the dude in his office and he, like, just immediately switches to, like, you know, my... The, my wife's in the hospital or something. I haven't seen her type of thing. Like you have to make her stop or like, you know, this is the moment where Wanda like comes out and is like, fuck off, leave me alone. Um, but none of this is what I'm sure Caitlin feels they need to calm down about. It is the moment at the end of the episode when there is a knock at the door and she opens the and, door and it's Pietro. But IE Quicksilver. And her brother. Uh, yes, her brother. Cat Dennings who watch who died in the who was killed by Ultron. Cat Dennings character watching the the episode on the outside is says like, it best. Says she recast Pietro because the actor portraying Pietro here is not the one who portrayed him in Age of Ultron, but the one who portrayed him in the X Men movies. The better Quicksilver, as I like to call him. So I'm sure what Caitlin is about to rail about are the nerds who are losing their minds that this is now confirmation that the X Men are coming to the MCU well, proper. Well, well, yes and no. I mean, first, it is very hard. So, uh, senior correspondent Chris and I, and uh, and also obviously Jordan and lots of other people I hang out with have what we call, like to call the power of of narrative. <laughs> we can see things coming, mm. right? So to surprise me is very difficult. Like this has been this one of the reasons I really like this show is because I don't know what's coming, right? This is a very different format. You know, there are some beats that I'm like, okay, that makes sense, but there are lots of mystery mysteries as well, uh, which I really really like. I did not see this ending coming. I did see her brother showing up, um, but not this brother. <laughs> And I was totally like, oh, that's fucking amazing. Very excited. So then I went on to the internets. Mm. <laughs> and as I said, I was looking up like what other Marvel aerospace engineers are known because they don't drop stuff like that unless it's going to come up yeah. or unless it's connecting to something else. They just don't do that. Um, or if they did, it'd be very strange. But anyways. That is when I found the 646 videos literally going scene by scene. Oh, no. Throughout the episodes. Oh, and there no. were plenty of them. And some, this one guy had it like it, he, he took the speed down, like, like slowed it down <laughs> by a certain number of things. So you could go frame by frame. And like just look, the number for, of looking for hexes in the uh, in the set design. Looking for hexes, looking for like what about this hand? And then also like the connections people are asserting, and it's not it's not like I think maybe it could be this or this might connect to it's this is what this is, and they are making huge leaps. They are making leaps that I'm like I'm positive. The, you know when people come up with theories and they talk to the directors and the directors are like, that is not 
what I was pl- like that it has nothing to do with what I was planning in the film like that this is what's happening but it's to this weird level um like I, I, they just there's so many things like some of the stuff they're pointing out I'm like oh that's cool or yeah that's an easter egg but there are other things that they're talking about where like um Apparently there's a write-up of one of the – so when, when Vision zaps the guy's head who he works with, mm. and the guy's like, uh, I have to call my sister. How long have I been here for? She's taking her of my dad in the hospital. Uh, you have to get her out of my head, like that whole thing. Um, apparently when you go back to or, – or before that, um, when – uh, I'm going to call them, I don't know, the, the A-team, when – you know, the Cat Denny's character right. and FBI, yeah, they're all talking and you see his picture in the background, that's been written up that he has this blip. And people are like, How do they know this? Like this this t- scene takes place before that actually happens. It oh, must Lord. mean something, some time so dilation. They're going, they're going full comic book guy on this. Worst oh, episode. And it's ever. bad, man. It is bad. It's so bad that like I like to occasionally look at things where they do analyses or they're like, do fun prediction videos. I can't find them. There are no fun little (laughs) like, I wonder what's going to happen next episode. Or like, maybe this will happen. Or maybe this connects to this other thing in the comics. None of that. It's all like, this is what it is. And like weird conspiracies about shapes. And like, why isn't this scene this thing this way? And in this other scene, I'm like, because there's a continuity error. Like, like, it's not, yes. No, if they, being... if they got fucking water bottles in Game of Thrones, like, this shit happens. Like, yeah, like, everyone needs to calm the fuck down. And even, yeah, people writing articles about, like, this changes everything. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. Does, it changes everything. It, it doesn't. It's just a TV show. And everyone needs to take a chill pill and just enjoy it. And look, I'm also like, oh, man, I wish – this is the first time in a long time I've been like, I really wish this wasn't week to week. I would love to binge this. And you're going to bet your pants once all the episodes are out, I'm going to do a rewatch. But I'm not going to take the tiniest thing and be like, oh, this is what this means. You will do and, it, Kate. And you will do make it. some strange prediction. No, I don't want to. Well, that's – that's all you got? That's your wrap? Yeah, that's right. it. Uh, that's it. Well, Kate. Yeah. There are a bunch of things I could talk about that I checked out, but really, we're running we're running a little long here, and there's really only one thing to talk about, and that is I finished Gravity Falls. And I really would just rather not even do the second half of the show. I would just rather talk about <laughs> I would just rather turn this into the Gravity Falls appreciation show. Uh friends. If you listen to the show for longer than like a month, you know that this is a show on uh, Disney Plus slash Disney XD. Ran for two seasons about the twins Dipper and Mabel Pines in their one summer in the mysterious town of Gravity Falls, Oregon. Kate brought this to me with much fanfare and a very high endorsement and brought it to me and I was utterly enchanted by this show. but, But except initially when I spoke about it, there was a lot of eye rolling. Excuse me? When I initially started talking about Gravity Falls, there was eye rolling. I probably thought you were on some Avatar bullshit again. Um, oh, my God. 
Listen, I just got yelled at about Avatar in the DMs on Twitter by Kira the Australian again, so. <laughs> you go, Kira. You tell him. Kira's been rewatching. Kira's been rewatching and hit me with the all caps. So like, just so you know, Kate is right for this. <laughs> so there you go. That's right. Um, Gravity Falls is a wonder <laughs> and is one of, it was my number one thing that Kate brought me last year and is honestly maybe one of the five best things I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's not the moment where it really like hit for me that like, this is something super special. So like throughout the two seasons, there was some mystery about what Grunkle Stan, their uncle has been doing in the basement of the mystery shack for like a season and a half. He's been working on something. He's been trying to get something to happen. The government seems to be onto him. They think he's going to destroy the world. He's kind of been lying to the kids about what he's been up to. Dipper doesn't believe him. He's like pleading with them to not shut down this like portal thing that he started. The feds are saying like it's going to destroy the world. And he's like screaming, you got to let me do this. Mabel ultimately like decides to trust him. And then this mysterious figure who looks like exactly like Uncle Stan, his twin brother, Grunkle Ford, turns up. Not the first time we've seen him for those for the eagle eyed in previous time travel episodes, but the first time he's shown up. And it's this huge, like, intense moment. And it's the fact that you have all this buildup and then you pop it with a joke because they're all looking at this. And <laughs> I don't know if it's Dipper or Mabel is like, does one of us want to think about maybe feigning right now? And Seuss is like, on it. <laughs> <laughs> and just collapses. Haha, <laughs> it's not the funniest joke in the show, but it's like, you know, you diffuse that moment with some levity. And then the credits bit is just two little boys who are clearly standing forward as children on a swing set in silence, except for the sound of waves. Cause they know you just went through a lot. Yeah. You probably want to sit and process Digest. this. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to give you some, some waves and something to watch and think about. I was just like, that's perfection from a storytelling perspective. Like you can't, do better than that and there's still even some filler after forward like filler i say it like there's a there's i meant i was thinking earlier like there's not a bad episode of gravity falls like some are better than others but like there's not a bad episode this is a show that if i ever found a rerun on i would just watch it mm -hmm. no matter what it was or where it fell in the episode i would just watch it and then you know how bill gets back when i realized mabel was the reason that how what i was going to let bill out type of thing because she thinks dipper is going to leave her to stay in gravity falls and that whole four part <laughs> insanity that happened in the finale of the series. But even then the fact that they know they solve the problem in like the first 10 minutes of the last episode to give you another, you know, 25 minutes to just be with these people. Yeah. In the last episode and to just hang it, with them. And it was just... really interesting actually, because Alex Hirsch. Yes. Uh, talked about sort of that and like what, what they would have liked to spend more time on, but at the sac sacrificing of what, mm. and, and because he knew this was the end, uh, had to sort of make that sp a specific decision. And I think it was the right one. I would not have traded like a little more action or a little more intensity in the finale for another 10 minutes if it would have meant losing another scene of like the town moving on. I think the specific thing they were talking about is having Stan take longer 
to oh to get his memories back get his memory back but if they had done that the ending wouldn't have been as right heartfelt and and amazing as it was uh, yeah so and that was like you want to talk about when your boy was like oh lord they're doing it to me um ultimately they defeat bill this mind demon by like trapping him in Ford and what he wants is in Ford's brain, Ford and Stan switch clothes. So they trap Bill in, in Stan's brain and then zap him with this like memory erasing thing. And Stan who really isn't, you know, he's always done right by those kids, but like who Loki thinks he's been a fuck up his entire life. Like when Bill's like, don't you realize what's going to happen? Like you're going to lose, like you, they're going to wipe your mind. You're going to lose your memories. And he's like, I wasn't using it for much. Like, and that's like, everything is slowly like fading and erasing around him. And he just picks up this picture of Dipper and Mabel and is like trying to come to terms with that. I'm like, Oh my God, that was number one. Then when they were getting on I'm the not... bus and Waddles came up and I was like, Oh my God, Ugh. number two. <laughs> friends, There's only so much heartbreak we can take. Yeah. Friends, if you went back and looked at our like Facebook correspondence, it was just me screaming things at, <laughs> at Caitlin from the episodes I was watching. Y'all, if you have, Disney Plus, and you are not averse to all agedness in your in your content. Like, it's a show about that one summer where everything changes in your life, and not to say not not from like a point of trauma, but just things are different. You grow up a little bit. You know, you see you've seen how the world works. It's a coming of age story. It's all the classic mythological stories from time that we've all been hearing and it does it so impeccably and the word i used on twitter was just it's an achievement i'm it's a fucking achievement and like salute to everyone involved in that show i don't know how you could have done any better yeah so on that note we are going to take a pause right here when we come back we're going to get french Branch. Gonna get into that Lupin when we come back. Avant Votre. Nope. 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 <laughs> See you in a bit. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other, but we didn't do that because we're trying to catch up and be relevant for once. <laughs> sure. So we're watching things that other people are watching. Yes. But we still have rules. Mm-hmm. It's not complete chaos. <laughs> the first is the rule of three, which is the rule that if things come in parts, we will watch three of them. Mm-hmm. So that the thing gets a chance to try and become the thing it is trying to become. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is, no matter how much we want to yell at each other over Facebook, Messenger, let's be clear here, <laughs> we will not do that. We will only talk about the thing that we had watched once we were sitting in front of these microphones. Listen, as evidenced by the Gravity Falls discussion, there's nothing I love more than kicking in the door of Caitlin McKinnon's Facebook Messenger and screaming at her in all caps about something I've just watched. Sometimes it's and very sometimes difficult not to do that. He references things that I watched like a year ago, and I don't know what he's talking about. 
but he sure loves to yell it at me. And lastly, it is not a rule, it is just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Yeah. I think this wants yeah. to be a spoilery show, but I don't know that it is that much. But I mean, if you yeah. have an aversion to any and all sorts of spoileriness, Kate. Go steal a necklace. Go steal a necklace. It's going to take you some time. You have some planning to do. You have some yeah. accomplices to organize. It's going to take you some time. So while you're doing that, when you're taking a break from planning your heist, watch the show and then come back and listen to us. Yeah. I think that's I think that's good. It's the nicest she's ever suggested that, y'all. Yeah, it was really hard not to <laughs> drop an f bomb in there. Kate, what we watch? Um, we watched Lupin. Uh, Lupin is a French mystery thriller streaming television series created by George K. and François Ouzan that premiered on Netflix on the eighth of January, twenty twenty one. The series con- consists of ten episodes released in two parts. Uh, before I get into uh, too much into it, one of the reasons Jordan and I were like, Lupin, A, yes, it's newly dropped on Netflix and seems to be getting a lot of uh, views, but also because we are familiar with the property of um, Arsène Lupin or Lupin the Third um, through different mediums. Yes. And so we were both interested to take a look at the show. We will talk about that in a moment. Uh, the show stars Omar Sy in the role of Arsen, or Asan or Asani. I feel like it's pronounced both ways. Diop, a man who is inspired by the adventures of master thief Arsène Lupin, a character created by Maurice Leblanc in the early 1900s. The first part, consisting of five episodes, is subtitled Dans l'ombre d'Arsène, in the shadow of Arsène, referring to the primary character's inspiration. The second set of five episodes, already filmed by the end of 2020, is slated to be released mid 2021. Um, Get a move on for the episodes, not for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the story follows the professional thief uh, Asen Diop, the only son of an immigrant from Senegal who has come to France to seek a better life for his child. Uh, Asen's father is framed for the theft of an theft of an expensive diamond necklace by his employer, the wealthy and powerful Hubert Pellegrini. And poof, and hangs himself in his prison cell out of shame, leaving the teenage um, Asan uh, an orphan. Twenty-five years later, inspired by a book about gentleman thief Arsène Lupin, his father had given him on his birthday. Asan sets out to get revenge on the Pellegrini family using his charisma and mastery of thievery, subterfuge, and disguise to expose Hubert's crimes. So, um, like I was saying. Both Jordan and I come uh, or are familiar with the property of La Arsène Lupin from different places. I watched an originally French cartoon um, that set the character in the 1930s, 1940s, um, and then was translated into English, and I watched it on YTV. It was about uh, Arsène Lupin, who was the gentleman thief. Um, good fun. Uh, and... Good characters, uh, episode by episode. It was always about him, um, him doing some sort of thievery, but to expose some sort of ill in the world. Mm-hmm. So he didn't just, uh, you know, commit theft to make lots of money. 
he did it to in some way either help someone or or help something or help a cause or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jordan, my, how are you familiar with it? My familiarity comes primarily through the anime Lupin the Third, which is a very loose uh, inspiration with the gentleman thief, but it's how I heard of it. He's Lupin the Third or Lupin San, Rupin Sansei, uh, because he's the grand alleged grandson of the original uh, Arsène Lupin and has, I find it interesting and it's a real like sort of comfort food anime for me because it's really demonstrated over the years that it can kind of be anything like you can, different creators have molded these characters in different and exciting ways. Um, my first exposure to it was a movie we've talked about on the show before, which is the Castle of Cagliostro. Castle of Cagliostro was the first theatrical movie. It's not a Ghibli movie, but it's the first movie Hayao Miyazaki ever directed and really sort of made a version of the character like the one Caitlin just described. Like he's roguish, he's, he, but he uses his thievery and criminal skills to expose greater evils. I appreciate that it's been shown to be very elastic and that creators can kind of do whatever they want with these characters. The characters are strong enough to do whatever individual creators want to, but my favorite version of the characters are the ones similar to what Kate is describing, where it's, yes, you know, they are roguish. They live outside the system. They're constantly getting one over on the police and Interpol who are trying to apprehend them. And just, you know, the smartest, best guys in the room and ladies in the room who, you know, always, even when they're down, they're not, you know, type of thing. Um, and a lot of that happens in this show uh, as well. That, I think that's a big part of being the gentleman thief. Is even when you look like you're down, you're not. Um, yeah. Hot take, bullet point. Kate, are we in or out on this? I'm in. I've, I've watched up to, see, uh, to episode four. I watched it all. I just fucked around and watched it all. So, <laughs> so it's like, it's a, yeah, it's got subtitles, but it's an easy watch. The characters are compelling. Um, I do like Omar Sai as Lupin. I didn't think I did at first. Same. <laughs> um, but he definitely grows on you. Um, there was only one really bad uh, scene was when he had the makeup for the old man. <laughs> and I was like, where did you find that beard? Everybody knows this is like... <laughs> I get up. Like, no one thinks you're actually an old man. Like, that... Okay, there is some suspension of disbelief, um, but that is kind of... Even from the early days of Alcine uh, Lupin, um, that's, like, part of the stories. Yes. There's there's this little... There's a little bit of, like, fantasy sci-fi-ness uh, to them. That's fine. I can do that. Um, but I do... I, I want to see how things turn out. Um, and I will say, this is a show that, if it wasn't for the rule of three, might not have survived for me. Yeah, um, same. Because the first episode was fine, but I wasn't totally enamored with it. Or like, I will say it's the first time I've ever seen some sort of like heist where everything seemed plausible to me. Right. And I didn't really have to suspend my disbelief. Um, can, I, can I just – can I make a comment, quick comment? So sure. I know this is a very classic Caitlin move. I've done both um, – like the, I've done this both like vice and versa. Um, 
I thought it was a movie. <laughs> so I'm watching it, the first episode, not realizing it's a show. I've also <laughs> done the opposite, where I thought it was a show and it was actually a movie. Um, obviously did not look at this strong enough. Um, thought it was a movie. I was like, this is not a great movie. <laughs> Until it gets to the near the end, and I was like, oh, shit. No, I actually think it was starting the next episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this is a series? Oh, well, okay, this is, like, it's not the strongest first episode I've ever seen, but as far as it's, like, there's more to the story, I'm interested. But, I mean, like, it, I, I appreciated that. You watch, like, Ocean's Eleven, and it's like, there's no way in hell. Like, this is fun, and I'm having a good time, and there are some fun ideas in here, but there's no way in hell. And I'm not saying you could take this point for point and rob the Louvre, but, I mean... Yeah. He obviously knew his, you know, accomplices were going to turn on him. He knew to have the fake made. He knew when to swap out the fake. He, he I don't think he knew it that they were going to crash through the roof of the museum <laughs> in a Yeah, in a he, I think he probably thought they were going to get caught eventually. Um. But, like, you know, the pointing out of, like, they never see us, meaning the janitors, the poor, you know, yeah. the, the quote-unquote have-nots. I want to talk for a minute about the the approach to the French style of racism that it's using in this show. Um, mm -hmm. It's not for me to say if it pushes the suspension of disbelief when he just stone-cold, like, breaks a dude at a prison who looks nothing like him and is like, I'll just pass for you. <laughs> They never, yeah, well, they never, they never look at us. They'll never tell. Bro, you're a full foot and a half taller than that dude. Like, and no but, one else in the prison he, noticed, like. But it was also, okay, yeah, that was, there was, this is what I mean about suspension of disbelief, right? So there was a guard change. He was getting transferred that night. Like, there were other bits and pieces. Um, But again, yes, suspension of disbelief. Um, I actually didn't think it was racist enough. <laughs> So I don't I don't know if I've ever I, I'm sure I have talked about it on the show. Um, but when I was working in Oakville, which is a couple of cities away from Hamilton, I was carpooling uh, with someone who was originally from Algeria, mm. and he. And for people who don't know, which is fine, Algeria is French speaking, by and large, a lot of French influence. Um, and he moved to uh, Paris, and he used to tell me about how bad the racism was. Mm. And he said, so in, in uh, Paris, uh, you had to, and this is actually in a lot of Europe and in Britain, you put a picture with your resume mm. and also obviously your name. And he's like, I would send out 100 resumes a day and not get an answer back. And there's, like, areas of Paris where you go if you're Algerian or if you're from yeah. um, countries in Africa. Like, and they're they're more run down. They're very impoverished. Um, so he ended up moving to actually Montreal to get a better start. And it was still really racist because it's French. <laughs> and it's, like, it's – and, and I, it is sort of, like, it is very much a culture – I hate to say it's a cultural thing, but it is – um, so he ended up moving to Hamilton and he said it was much better. So on that point, I am surprised there is not more racism. <laughs> um, also French prison looks kind of dope. Right. I was like, wow, that's much books and than, curtains than, like, and, and like a kettle is like, I'll make you, <laughs> make you want a coffee. A co like, yeah, 
was like, you know, you just tell me I chill out in bed, go I out and mean, walk outside for an hour a day and come back and chill out and read. Okay, I might get stabbed on the courtyard. Yeah, but... I was going to say, he did get shanked, but... But he wanted to get shanked. Well, yes. Well, I'm sure he didn't want to. He would have just liked the, the doctor to let him stay overnight, but... <laughs> um. So regarding the actual, like I said before... It's not until you get to the wider, quote-unquote, conspiracy about things. When it's just him pulling off a heist. And I should also say that Pepper throughout the episode will be flashbacks to either his life or someone else tangentially related. Or him in a supporting character. You'll pepper the episodes with scenes from him with his dad or him in school after inner social services. Or this dickhead cop who kept, like, hounding him. Uh, when he was a teenager or the girl he met so ultimately becomes his uh, child's mother because he's got a son. He's got a son and a, and a woman he clearly still loves but who had enough with his thievery and such. Um, and it wasn't until that wider net was cast that I was like on board. Episode two, I was like, okay, I'm here for this. Episode one, I might have been like, that was fun, but I don't need any more of this. After episode two, it starts to get into what I've heard referred to on shows like The Mandalorian as, like, video game storytelling. Like, he goes and he does a thing and he learns a thing and then has to go somewhere else and do something else. Right? Right. So episode two, he has learned that there's a guy who was in prison with his father who might know something. So he's got to go and get himself into prison. And he does. And all this stuff happens while he's in prison. Um, Again, Caitlin talks about the suspension of disbelief. The sort of death faking he has to do to get out of prison. You kind of got to hold that a little bit. <laughs> go with it. Just let it go. Um, yeah. Hey, they were going to do it in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it just didn't work out for them. And then I think episode three is, is that when he takes the cop hostage? He kidnaps the current commissioner of the Paris, whatever police force, who was the dickhead detective when he was a kid who, cause he has found out right that it was that, this cop lied to Pellegrini's wife, told him Pellegrini's wife is really kind of like a white savior, white lady type of thing where it's like, she tries to help, but in the worst possible ways. <laughs> yeah. The best scene was when she go, comes to her, like his dad's grave and yeah. he's like, yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. Go fuck go yourself. Fuck yourself ma'am. <laughs> yeah. um, so she had gone in the past in the nineties to Asan's father, basically saying, I know you're innocent, but if you sign this confession, you'll get a reduced sentence. You'll get out sooner. You'll, you know, you'll get out sooner. Think about your son, blah, 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 blah. She was told to do this by the cop, knowing full well that that wasn't going to happen. He was going to get the But she didn't know that. She didn't know that. The cop knew that and lied to her. So when he finds out, like I said, this video game storytelling, because then he finds out from Pellegrini's wife that the cop did this, he goes and kidnaps the (laughs) Parisian police commissioner and locks him up, and why did you do this, blah, 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 finds out some more things, and he drops a name, and then episode four, he goes and runs down that name, who was some reporter who almost, um, you know, broke a story that would have taken Pellegrini down in the 90s. Which, um, best thing, she's trained her dog to bark every time Pellegrini's name is said. Best thing, his, her dog amazing. is named Jacuse. <laughs> yeah, Jacuse, which is so good. Um... So like I said, it, it's video game storytelling, right? Where it's like each episode, do this thing, learn a new piece of information, go to the next thing. Um, which is fine. If I can work for The Mandalorian, there's no reason why I can't work here. Um, 
Paris is a beautiful city to hang out in. <laughs> Some places, yes. Some places, yes. Um, nice to just nice to just hang out. Um, it's not. It's like it's not reinventing the wheel, Kate. But I didn't have a bad time. Like, yeah, and I mean, I want to talk about the um, this is, and this is really interesting because I know we talk about it a lot because we talk about anime a lot. Um, but translation, mm. um, by and large, pretty good job from time to time. The subtleties of what they're saying are lost, which is, it, it, it's just, it's slightly frustrating. Cause I'm like, that's not what they said. Sorry for, for the, uh, for the new listener, uh, Caitlin is, will we say fluent or completely bilingual or whereabouts, whereabouts are you at? I'm, I'm, you went to French immersion, right? I did French immersion from the a well from senior kindergarten, so from the age of five, four or five, all the way through almost. I almost finished in high school, except right. I, for reasons in grade eleven, I ended up like being like fuck French, which I wish I hadn't, but it's fine. So this and is then over. This is a Canadian thing where they will you go to school and they just it's French immersion. They te- because we are yeah. bilingual, we are a bilingual society. We have two nationally national languages. French and English. Most of the country is primarily English, but you do have the option, if you would like, to send your children to French schools where they are taught in French and French is the only language that's spoken there, et cetera, et cetera. That's what Caitlin has did. I took French as just like, you take it in elementary school and I took it, took classes throughout high school as well. So, I mean, it was fun to um, (laughs) remember how much I learned and forgotten by watching a show that was in French. But Caitlin has a much higher level of proficiency than I do. So uh, for something like this, like I understood all of it, um, and but I still have the the translation on because it would it might take me a little bit to be like wait what was that and I might have to go back if I didn't have the subtitles on. Also, senior correspondent Chris is watching with me, and though his French is also quite good, um, he he wouldn't same thing. He would have been like wait what was that? Um, so yeah, I get this experience of seeing what they're saying the translation is and knowing that it's slightly different. And again, it, it might not be way off. It's not like, um, like the cereal boxes, like for the, <laughs> whatever it is that the cereal is called. That is not what it's called in French. Um, or, you know, sometimes book covers or movies do this a lot where that is not what the movie is called. They've just decided <laughs> this is what it's going to be called in French. Um, so it wasn't that bad, but there were definitely some sub- subtleties that I was like, no, people are missing this. Like Kate said in the front half of the show, uh, somewhat generously, I think she, would you call it the gift of narrative and like we can spot things? Uh, that's not totally true with me with regard to mysteries and such. Um, and generally I tend to judge things poorly if I can. You are much more familiar with mysteries. So, I mean, you are like instantly like, bam, it was this. This it was it was this and it was that. From the second they mentioned dudes floundering Pellegrini's floundering business, I was like, "Oh, it was this." And I don't know that it's the point necessarily. I don't know that 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 the who done it angle is what we're really running with here. Um, but it's not, you know, it's that thing where like you're watching the master thief, smartest guy in the room, try and piece together what's <laughs> what's happening, and he doesn't still even know really know yet that it was an insurance scam, right? Like. You see right, that in flashback think, with the cop, but yeah, and 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 the reporter sort of says to him like, 
like they talk about that angle of it. It's like that's not even the most important thing. Mm. It's how are we going to take down this guy? Yeah, and then moves on to this guy is far worse than just a guy who would, you know, he's a fucking arms dealer at one point. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, like yeah, he it's and and the the reporter's book is called like Dirty Money. Like it's it's all about him wheeling and dealing with horrible people and having blood on his hands, um, and all of that. Um, the other thing is, you know. Um, he wanted to call him Lupin. Um, he, the main character, is still under the impression that um, his father committed suicide. Uh, sorry, Asan, Asan Diop. Um, and he didn't. It's that guy. Was that confirmed that it was that dude? I may have been. Uh, there's well, definitely well, some shit I might that, have been looking away from, but it's it would track. I wouldn't be surprised. That but. guy, when when um, Asan shows up to see his father in jail. Right. That okay. guy is looking at him. Right. And there I'm like, there's I, no way I his think, father committed. I think suicide. I misconstrued the time frames in that. I might have looked away from the screen and thought that that was a right. present day and he was in the prison. I remember seeing him in the prison, but Yeah. Did not register so like, that it was a flashback. I'm sure he's gonna find out that that guy was paid off by um Ubel and like I'm that's part of it. Right. So it's like, so I, what I'm, cause now I'm at the end of the fourth episode, it's finished. I'm at a place in the series where everything's not fallen apart per se, but his, yes. the, the reporter has been murdered. Yes. He tried, he tried to, they tried to leak on Twitter, this video of Pellegrini, like Basically saying he's, he'll sell guns to whatever, which may have led, which possibly led to a, like, bombing or an attack at a French embassy in Kuala Lumpur, um, where a bunch of French citizen nationals were killed. Um, they try to get him on this, and it's like, first of all, it, it's funny, maybe Europe is different, but it's funny to think that this dude could just come out when, like, something goes viral to that extent, and just be like, it's not me. Or, like, or like try to deflect by being like, this got posted anonymously. Show yourself. Bro, that's not the issue. That's not the takeaway here. Like, <laughs> and, and my problem with this episode is besides his terrible disguise, <laughs> um, but they didn't make a copy of the tape. <laughs> right. And then, like, like you what, cannot tell me they did not make a copy of that tape. And so he tries to, like, you know, put himself in this, what I thought wasn't that terrible, the disguise, but Kate thinks is pretty terrible. Um, to appear as the like anonymous tweeter who tweeted this. And then they go to air it. And like Pellegrini has clearly been doctored out of the video. It's not like the best, you know, edit job the world has ever seen. Um, although it was the first time you actually got to see if, uh, you know, Asan could throw them hands, which I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I've seen in episode five, there's a fight scene in episode five that I thought was really good as well. So when you get to that, uh, enjoy it. Okay, um, I will. That said, you know, again, it's about seeing things coming and not necessarily caring. Like, the this block of episodes ended the exact way I thought it would. Like, um, but I didn't care. And I was still kind of like, fuck, when's the next block coming? Like, <laughs> right. like, I was down for it. Also, special shout out to the relationship between him and his child's mother. I just really yeah. like their relationship. Um it gets more intense later on. Episode five is really dedicated to that. Um, and the history of like, you see them as kids, I think as teenagers 
Have you seen that yet? That happened, right? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. So you see how they meet. Um, and I think episode five, not only do you see like kind of how he used to run scams back in the day, you also see like more of their relationship and that gets more intense, but definitely like in the first episodes, it's like, I enjoyed just a version of family where it's like these people clearly still love each other very much um, right. and care for each other deeply, but it's just, you still like robbing old people. So that's not, <laughs> that's not going to work for me, the doctor raising our child. Um, and I just really liked, I liked the actress who played his, his child's mother. I don't remember her name, unfortunately, <laughs> the character or the actress, but I thought she did a, she did a great job. And I just really liked the chemistry they had together or even when like the uh, three of them are Claire, all together. Mm, Claire. Claire. Yes. That accent work y'all give it up for. <laughs> I was giving myself a clap. <laughs> yes though. I thought, I thought they did. Uh, I thought she did a great job and I just really liked, I liked the chemistry with them, with them together. I and like the chemistry. I also like the, like she knows he's a good person, but she's still frustrated and fed up. Mm. And mostly for her son's sake. Like, yes. Like you said that last year, and how do you think he feels? Oh yeah, because it's and, it's not just yeah. about him, like you know, robbing old people. It's also about the fact that like he's still like will not show up when he says he will, and that's you yeah, know, and the forgets most because thing. he's so en- enraptured in what he's doing. Yes. So that's it. Yeah, I mean, it goes down real easy, despite being. The dreaded, well, they weren't full hours, but despite being, you know, an hour long show, I got through the first three episodes and it was like 10 o'clock maybe. And I was just like, fuck it. There's only two more. Like, just let it, just let it ride. And I just, I I watched the whole thing in one night basically. And it was, like I said, it was a good hang. He's very, you spend the most time with him. He's your POV. He's the one you're spending most of your time with. Um, and he's, I did find him very charismatic. He's not quite as gentlemanly dashing. roguish. Yes. Dashing. That's yes. the word. Not quite as dashing as maybe I would but like. But he has a lovely, he has a lovely smile. <laughs> Uh-oh. Look out. Hey, no, 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 no. Is he in the posse? No. Is he posse he's worthy? He's not in the posse. <laughs> no, he's like in the like, you know how they have that like smaller gang he's the auxiliary that, like, posse. people get promoted to he's in like this he's like in the b he's in the b team right he's now in, he's in the farm league posse yeah exactly the farm league you may get called um, up one day check, yeah, check back like, i i think he's a great actor he's a fantastic actor like he i really believe the emotions of like devastation sadness joy like all of that uh he has a great face for that he is you know handsome he's and he has a lovely smile and there's a very there's like a a cuteness to him as well like he wants to be this good person like a realness a knightliness if you will yes um but yeah he's not swarthy (laughs) yeah where's your swarth at Hassan (laughs) get your swarth game up um, all that said, it's on Netflix. You know how that goes. It's just, it goes down real easy. That makes it a seven from where I'm sitting. Um, yeah, I'm, I would say seven for sure. Um, also shout out to that poor investigator who's like totally figured it out. No one will believe him. 
Well, I mean, they could like take it off the case because it gets too close. Which I mean, from the start of episode five, you will know exactly the cliffhanger you're going out on. Um, he is that dude is clearly the, the Zenigata in this uh, in this equation. Um, I th- I think that's Yusuf, the character. The character. You Yusuf Galdira. Yes, I don't recall. Yeah, but yes, he's I I yeah, that's him. Uh, poor guy, I feel so bad for him. Like I said, sevens from both of us. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's a good hang. It's a short hang. If you just if you're like nothing's really clicking with you as you're rolling through the tiles, hey, give it a shot. Hey, back, get some culture. Get some goddamn culture in your life. You cultured bar- though it it will make you want to go to Paris. So be careful. I mean, what are you, a knight or a barbarian? Can I be some sort of barbarian knight? <laughs> Kate's ultimate dream. Friends, what are you? Knight, a barbarian, or gentleman? Let us know on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Let us know how you're, how you're moving through the world. Claire has time for none of them. Nope. Claire needs no man. <laughs> nope. And friends, I don't know what we're going to... I don't think... We might be back to format next week. Good heavens. We might be. We, we might, might be. Or there might be other things that... We need to watch that we need to catch up on. Who knows? There is no shortage because there's too much content, y'all. But whatever we get into, we hope you will join us next week as we discuss it. Thank you for spending an hour of your week with us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope that you will join us for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. My sister and I once ate an entire two, like, rounds, round shrimp rings, you know, like, it had two layers of shrimp, and ate, like, an entire <laughs> shrimp ring, just between the two of us. This is one of my favorite moments. And then my mom came in, she's like, I thought there was another shrimp ring, and we were like, we don't know what you're talking about. She's like, bitch, there was. <laughs> it's in our tummies now.